0: Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the definitive developer's podcast. Live and large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And our producer, William Jeffries. And today we have the question, can good developers sway companies from evil? That's what we're trying to answer today. Dave? What, What
1: even is evil, though? It's hard to say these days.
0: It's robots controlling animals. I'm thinking Sonic the Hedgehog right now, maybe. I'm not sure, but we're going to dive right into what that means and how to, if us normies, I would say, software engineers can sway companies altogether. We have a special guest with us today. We have Kara Swisher. Hey, Kara, how's it going?
2: Hey, how you doing?
0: I'm doing fine. Good. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I'm just a journalist. I've been covering technology for about 30 years, which is forever, I think. I'm the oldest living tech reporter around. And I've been discovering the from the birth of the internet, I really, more than technology, I've been covering the internet. And so I was there when all these companies were founded. I was writing for first the Washington Post and then the Wall Street Journal and then my own stuff. And then at, at different companies I formed, media companies, and then ended up at Vox Media and then also the New York Times now where I, I write about, I'm a contributing opinion writer and I also have a, a podcast there called Sway which is, I sort of broadened out from tech, but I had a podcast at Vox and I do a lot of things.
0: On you might've seen some evil in the tech in the tech space, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I was there
2: when they decided to write that don't be evil thing. In fact, one of the founders called me and said, will you help me write this essay for our, we're going public and could you help me write it? I was like, no. I, was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "But well, that's an interesting.
1: It's like, you can't afford me. <laughs>
2: That is a fair point. Um, he got some other reporter to help him. I understood, but depends on what you're defining. I think you can define evil. That's not true. I mean, I don't. I think the word is so loaded, like evil. It's it sort of brings to mind. You've got to go full Voldemort, or you know, um, right?
1: Like, it, th- is it is it rude in like a fantasy or a biblical sense, or like?
2: Yeah, it's just it creates this kind of thing, so you can't have a discussion of. of morality, you can't make a discussion of maybe making good decisions based on consequences. And so everything these days is so rooted in reductiveness. And I think it has to do with sort of not just Twitter, but the whole scheme is like everything gets dunked on. Some of the dunks are funny. Some of them are, (laughs) everyone has this quick reaction. It's twitchy, it's reductive. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's mean. And I think nobody can have as thoughtful discussion about what the problems are. And if you criticize people, on things that are justifiable, like consequences of creation of inventions, things developers make, they take it personally. You never have this issue, say right. you have a plane and nobody when this just did you see this plane? You see it all over Twitter, actually, this plane on fire, this one thing with the picture of the of the engine on fire.
0: And everyone there's no one screaming or going crazy. It's just
2: no one's going, I can't believe you're against that engine. You're like, that engine sucks. Like, you know what I mean? You wanna know you wanna know what what happened to it. And everyone has a civil discussion. Wow, besides going, Whoa, that was something. Like especially when it landed in someone's yard and didn't kill anybody, which was great. You don't get into these moral things. And so when Facebook makes mistakes or Twitter makes mistakes or any of these tech companies makes mistakes, it's as if we're arguing about the entire fate of the human race when we're just saying (laughs) (laughs) The stuff you make is sloppy and shitty. And can you make it safer for women or safer for people of color? Can you not like have liars and people who are breaking your rules continue to run roughshod over it? You know, you. I don't know. It's just, it's like we, we, we allow our, someone was like, you can't tell me what to say. I said, if you go in a restaurant and you vomit in someone's plate, you get kicked out. That's yes. what you do.
0: Like, I mean, I would hope that person gets kicked out. You know what I mean? You do.
2: And you sort of, they sort of are like, well, that's not the same thing. I said, it's exactly the this same thing. thing. You're vomiting on everybody. You're, <laughs> you're kicking the plates up. You're doing this like, I don't, I just don't know why we can't make it. The same thing.
1: I felt like I had been vomited on from November 1st through uh, January.
2: (laughs) Yes, it's true. Like that election fraud stuff, it's just like, and then they say, well, it's free speech. It's like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. And also, you're not the government. So I'm not sure why. There's some things, like when you read it's election fraud stuff it's not true like we don't let it anywhere else in our society and yet on the internet it sometimes becomes this magical thing that is that nobody pays attention to what free speech actually means like right. i have free speech i'm like you don't actually <laughs> you know you know what you have the government can't you have the first amendment that allows the government not to make rules about it. That's and, and it has other implications. Of course, it's more complex than that. But in general, any of these platforms can do whatever they want. It's right. their platforms. And so, I think. And then it gets into this evil thing.
3: What do you think of is an, is an example of a tech company doing evil? Classic evil. <sighs>
2: No one beats chemical companies for that. You know uh, I mean? like, they like poison the entire well, West Virginia towns. So, um, and I, you see that? I saw that movie. All
1: the the fish dead and sad Indians. Yeah,
2: like oh, the cow is looking kind of purple. What yeah. happened? Those are sort of very clear cut examples of evil. Or you know, you make an engine and then you know there's a mistake in it and you let it go. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. And you know, I tend to save evil. So it seems like maybe that's a different class of problem, right? Like i don't even i even don't like think it's in that case it's sort of venal and terrible like i save evil for like i don't know hitler like i go evil right. is like a high bar for me
1: i mean i i like i like that thing that you said earlier like where it's like just don't be sloppy
2: yes yeah, yeah a lot of it is
1: like because even like you spilled some chemicals in the river that's sloppy.
2: Oh, that case, they're sometimes evil. They they know they're they, they, like.
1: <laughs> I think that's, that's a little worse than sloppy. It's often
2: a cover up. It's yeah. It's know. often like what it, it's often not thinking of consequences. Like we'll just bury it here and everyone will be just fine. You know, don't worry about the water table.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the implication that's in my head. Where it's like you do an action, you don't think about it.
2: What I think is when they find out when it, they think it's bad, then they cover it up. Then you're moving into evil right. territory, right? Oh and yeah. So. True. When you actually have lawyers going, well, what can we do to hide this? Right. You know, because um, <laughs> people are dying. We don't want to. We don't want to pay the.
3: Okay. What about causing harm? Is okay. that maybe yes. a better a better way of phrasing? Yes, it?
2: Yes, causing harm. So, so say in Myanmar with Facebook a long time ago, it was very clear the way they designed that app, the WhatsApp thing, that they allowed too many people to organize on it, and it was causing problems. And it was because they had all kinds of management reasons. They didn't have enough native speakers. They didn't. They allowed more people. Mm-hmm. So it was just like it was a design error. It's mm-hmm. like anything else. It designer and so instead of like taking responsibility for it and saying oh we really didn't manage that really well and it led to deaths like they're sort of like well they like argue the point with you when you should be just like just fix it and mm-hmm. and and admit error and I don't know what they're doing because they have no liability right it's just sh- you know because we have section 230 so they don't really it's hard to sue them in many ways although in that case I'm not sure if that would Anyway, they don't have (laughs) that much liability. So it's sort of like I don't know quite why they act like such victims when they're putting all this stuff on. us. same things around.
3: Well, but what's happening internally? Are they internally having the discussion about how to make it better? Because it might just be a PR thing. Well, you see
2: all these memos. There was a really interesting story about Alex Jones. And I had a little bit of knowledge about this because I, I did a pretty famous interview with Mark Zuckerberg where he said Holocaust deniers don't mean to lie. Do you remember that one? Um, I'm not sure how that came out of his mouth, but that did. So it's more complex than that, but he made a mistake. Right. <laughs> Mistakes were made in that interview by him. And one of the things that was interesting is it started off as a discussion of Alex Jones, because at the time, if you remember, he was doing all that stuff around the school. The kids were crisis actors, et cetera.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. He got banned for it, right? Or something like
1: that? Classic.
2: <laughs> yes, but he didn't at first. At first, all the platforms were saying free speech, free speech, yeah. whatever and we, he has to violate, we have a secret formula of violation of law. It was crazy. I found out it was six. You have to have yeah. six hits. Oh, like, wow. I was like, why six?
0: <laughs> and they're like. It's a very F-. advanced algorithm. <laughs> the first five is just fine.
2: They literally, they were like, I was like, well, don't they figure it out by five and then stop and then do something else? And it was ridiculous. Oh, but it's six. Don't tell anyone, Karen. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to tell everybody. Six.
1: <laughs> so, um, so, well, now I can go back to Facebook. Now I feel I feel like I know how far I can push it.
2: <laughs> well, no, it's changed. They change it. They change it. They change it. <laughs> (laughs) So anyway, so he was violating the thing and I kept pointing it out and kept saying, why don't you take him off? And they're like, well, free speech. I was like, but he's violating your rules that are stated that you throw other people off for. So if you're going to have random enforcement, I don't understand. Is he high profile? Are are the right wing going to get mad at you? What are you worried? Tell me what the problem is here. And because it's not doesn't make any sense, given what you've done before on other issues, it just none of it made any internal sense. So anyway, when I interviewed Mark Zuckerberg, he was like, I'm not taking Alex Jones off. And I was like, "Ah, yeah, you are. But okay, maybe not today, but two weeks from now, you will. And they actually ended up doing it like two or three weeks later when Apple did it. And the minute Apple Mm -hmm. did it,
0: right? Then it cascaded. Every other company started taking them (laughs) out. YouTube. Yeah. Right.
2: Exactly. Like, oh, just a minute. Yeah. Exactly. So, and happened again with Parlor. Every, it happens Mm -hmm. like that all the time. Mm -hmm. So, I don't take responsibility for that, but I kind of do. So uh, I took, did a very bad interview with. Not I did a great interview. He, the, the CEO of Parlor, didn't do a very good interview. So when he was saying that, I was like, "You are going to do it? Why don't you just do it for now?" And he had all kinds of reasons that didn't make any sense. So just the other day, it turned out that the reason they didn't do it was internally. The civic engagement team was like, "This guy is breaking our rules. He's mm-hmm. causing all kinds of problems. It's cascading into conspiracy theories." We need to get him off because once we remove him, he's like the, the abscess. As soon as we get rid of the abscess, everything will clear up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, right. And Marcel overrode it because he didn't want to – something – he didn't think he was a hate monger or something. Mm-hmm. He decided. So one single person decided that. And so you sort of look at these things and and understand that just one person who has this much power can make a decision, even though lots of people internally – were very upset by it. Why do you think they leaked all the memos? Like, here we wrote them, here we wrote them, here we wrote them. And then this guy, Joel Kaplan, who he's a lawyer making decisions at the same time glad handing the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so why is he getting to make decisions? Because his job is to get, be on good terms with the Trump administration. So he shouldn't be making content decisions, content policy. Anyway, there is a lot of internal combustion within the companies where people are like, We're killing people or we're hurting people and we have to stop. And then other people said, well, define killing and hurting people. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, and
1: right. Where are my incentives in this? In this situation.
2: Right. But there are people inside. You know, you can see them pop up a lot. Sometimes they're developers. Sometimes they're product managers. Mm -hmm. And and you're seeing it increasingly because you're seeing increasing leakage to reporters on these memos and things like that. And you're also seeing, you know, protests within companies like Google or Amazon or Mm -hmm. Facebook a little bit. They're not as protesty over there. But you see a little bit of people speaking up, like when they leave the company, they write angry memos saying, "I told you this was terrible," <laughs> and I'm embarrassed by this capital insurrection. And then they huff off after having no effect within the company.
1: Into the sunset, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's tough, but I guess like I mean, if you see something like that, you want to talk to people within the company, and like mm-hmm. it may just be water cooler talk, or right. you, maybe you'll go as far as like organizing. A union like Google did.
2: Or speak up at one of those. I mean, it was always fascinated in companies where they had all these pressure valves. I used to think of them in this way. Remember when Larry and Sergey would meet in the cafeteria and let everybody yell at them? It was a Friday, whatever. What do they call it? They had a name for it. Anyway it was just the company came and yelled at him. And usually it was about the salad. (laughs) You know what I mean? like Or like, we aren't getting enough bean sprouts, which was, of course, the biggest concern among some of these engineers. Or the kombuchas, not fresher, as (laughs) you promised us. Um, But they would have those, and they would have these meme areas, and then they would have these message boards where things would get up and down. There were always these pressure valves so that they didn't really have to take pressure, right? So they let people say their piece or get mad, and then nothing happens. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, so People can complain, but nothing ever changes. Right. Um, And like
1: when you're in your day to day, like if mm -hmm. you're writing an if statement, your if statement has not directly caused harm, maybe to the people, Mm -hmm. but maybe like the feature when it comes out, like Mm -hmm. has knock on effects, like second and third order consequences.
2: Consequences, yeah. Or anticipating consequences. That's a really interesting thing because one time I got so frustrated with, I think it was Facebook people. I was like, can you just imagine your product is a black mirror episode and then Mm -hmm. don't make it like, or don't, or think like what could happen? What's the worst application of this product and make it not happen that way. Like figure out what you can do. Not that you can protect everything. Like a car is going to get in a car crash no matter what you do, like eventually. But you can put seatbelts, you can have the engines not fall out, you can Mm -hmm. make sure the brakes work. You don't want to be kind of this mama state, but at the same time, you should make your products. And so there's a shutoff valve or an escape valve, or you can cut people off really quickly. If you start to see, say, conspiracy theories around, say, QAnon coming, you just shut them down before they get dangerous.
0: But do the engineers at Facebook, for example, feel empowered to pump the brakes on these kind of features that roll out? Because like, I mean- I do think they do. You had mentioned before about like Parler, for example, like are all Parler developers like part of this free speech QAnon like for this movement or are they in a different kind of spectrum where they believe in free speech air quotes and that kind?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You're right. There's a lot of people who are like let live and let live. Let's just let it go. You know, you are want- a
0: paycheck, right? Like people are Yeah, You're it's mentioned- a
2: paycheck. I don't think it's a paycheck thing. I think they really do have a deep feeling that anything goes, but I think if literally if you walked it out into their real world, they would not like it. Like right. I'm sorry someone shot you, but you know what? We got to let guns. Look, let right. them have guns and Murder trials, you know, you got in their way. Like, (laughs) literally, if you got, I think I used the thing of like tainted meat. Like, you don't walk into a butcher. I don't think there's butcher stores anymore, but you walk into a, you know...
1: There's one on on McClure. Okay,
2: okay. It's great. You're Love in Brooklyn. It. You're in Brooklyn. There's got to be a butcher store. There's a guy with a beard like yours who is sitting there looking like he's from the 18... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. actually...
2: Like the 1880s? Remember those chocolate guys who turned out to meet making shitty right. chocolate? They look like they're from the 1880s.
1: Like uh, the sketch from Portlandia where like the, yeah, dream of, right. the dream of the 90s is alive in Portland. Right, it's exactly.
2: Silly. the 1890s. 1890s. So, where are I get... So, anyway, so you don't go in a butcher store and the guy doesn't go, you know, most of this meat is good, but some of it isn't. I don't know which one, but just here's a steak. Like, I just don't, it's like you walk it out into any aspect of life and it would be like, no, and they don't mind having rules around that. And so it's just funny. It's just a funny thing that they tend to like, they don't have a very good argument once you start poking at it. Mm -hmm. And I think the idea that they didn't know is one of these things, like we didn't know it would happen we couldn't anticipate it. Who knows? Like, it's pretty easy to anticipate a lot of things and not shut down innovation. That's one of the arguments a lot of engineers. We don't want to not be innovative. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I think you can be innovative and still understand consequences. (laughs) I just, you know what I mean? Like, I just, they seem to think you can't, but I think that's just bullshit. Really,
1: I do love the idea that like you can have a like cohesive development team where you have Developers, product engineers, designers, and like a writer for Black Mirror, mm-hmm. who's just listening yeah. to all of your conversation, <laughs> and is like, "Oh no, you can't do that because that's I'm taking that."
2: That would solve the whole problem. You have a writer for Black Mirror, <laughs> yeah. and you go, "No," because you know they'll suck your brains out and put it in in you know chips inside. So we can't do this one. Like you know, that it's would be so- perfect. <laughs> oh my god, the writers of Black Mirror are so, so- clever, aren't they?
3: Kara, if you could like give a message to all of the engineers in these companies, what would you tell them?
2: I tell them to read my column, for example. No, because listen, (laughs) let me just say this is what I wrote. I'm not going to tell you when I wrote it, but let me just read this to you. Okay. I wrote Mm -hmm. this. It so happens, I live in D.C. now, and I've been spending a lot of time with regulators talking about these issues. It so happens that in recent weeks, including at a fancy pants Washington dinner party this past weekend, I'd been testing my companions with a hypothetical scenario. My premise has been that to ask what Twitter management should do if Mr. Trump loses the 2020 election and tweets inaccurately the next day and for weeks after that, that there has been widespread election fraud, and moreover, that people should rise up in insurrection to keep him in office. Mm. Most people I pose this question do have the same response, throw Mr. Trump off Twitter for inciting violence. Very few have said he should only be temporarily suspended to quell any unrest. Very few said he should be allowed to continue to use the service without repercussions if he was no longer the president. One high level government official asked me what I would do. My answer, I would never let it get this bad to begin with. Like, I wrote this in 2019. In mid 2019, like I literally (laughs) I'm like, I'm Nostra Friggin Damas here, like, but I'm not. I was like, just I would started to watch a lot of these conspiracy. I'm like, they're going to try to win on bad premises. And if they don't win, they're going to try to incite violence. I was just so obvious what was going to happen.
1: It was a slow motion train wreck. I wasn't paying that much attention.
2: I was. I was like, because I live right near the Capitol. And on January 6th, the day before, I was like. I think they're going to try to stop the certification. They're mm-hmm. going to go up there and try to physically, and everyone's like, "Carrie, you're being silly. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that's what you should, what I would do if I was crazy yeah. if I was reading this stuff. That's exactly what I would
0: if, do. Yeah, if you thought you were in war, and right. your president that's, lost due to yeah. voter fraud, then right. you have to fight for your country.
2: That's what you, yeah. of course you'd do that. Like, I was like, can't you think like a crazy person? Like, it's, and they're not even crazy. Just, <laughs> it's not, it's not. It's
1: a great resume, bullet point, like, able to think like a crazy <laughs> person.
2: but. Not a crazy person, someone who's been steeped (laughs) in persistent propaganda and lies and misinformation and disinformation forever for like Mm -hmm. months. That's where you go. It doesn't take like a like a CIA analyst to sort of be like, ah, that's going to happen.
1: Right. Like going back to the quote from Mark Zuckerberg, where he's like, Mm -hmm. they're not actually thinking that. It's like, okay, well, they're just like in the soup and like that just happened to them. They're in the soup. So Mm
2: -hmm. they're thinking that. (laughs)
3: If engineers start listening to your podcast and reading the column Mm -hmm. and I guess being more informed about the media's perspective on these issues and the investigative reporting that's been Mm -hmm. done... How do you think that would improve the industry?
2: I think what they do is they get, you know, go on any one clubhouse. you just mad. It's mostly the venture capitalists who can they can go suck it as far as I'm concerned. But <laughs> they're mostly victimized. Like, how dare you question my intelligence? It's really weird. Like, and I get that the press gets it wrong. Like, look, I'm saying not listen to the press. Use your own brain. Use your own intelligence to think about consequences. Like, it doesn't just go on these pages and see what they're saying. Like, you can read, you know, it's sort of like right. sometimes when I'm looking at like some companies sometimes, and I say, this isn't really going to work out. And someone says, well, how do you know that? I said, I can I can do math. I can do math. Like math doesn't lie, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so read the pages and see what they're saying and don't assume they're crazy. Assume right. this is what they believe. And so uh, don't believe me. Don't believe me. Don't believe the press. If you think I have it out for you, don't believe me. Just go and look what they're right. doing. Look where these conspiracy get away from politics, go to vaccination. Like this anti-vax stuff is really pernicious and it's full of lies.
3: So is this really just about like the big platforms like Facebook, Twitter, or are we talking about regular tech companies? Because most people don't work at those. No,
2: I'm not talking about all tech companies. Right.
3: Most engineers are working at smaller, like small to medium sized tech companies.
2: Yes. Well, you know, but you're going to someday be, one of you is going to be that. I think a lot of the newer companies, I have to say, are more thoughtful about not just their impact on social or politics, but the environment. I think a lot of people are thinking of that. I do think they are. I actually talked to a lot of young entrepreneurs and they're trying to design their companies in ways that are much more, I don't want to say green friendly, but carbon neutral kind of stuff. So you see a lot of people thinking about that, just all kinds of things. You see people thinking about work flow and where people work from. I hear a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. You see them thinking a little bit more about diversity from the beginning, not later when you have like, you hire a chief diversity. Once they've hired the chief diversity officer, it's over. Like I'm yeah. like, oh, too late. <laughs> yeah. And it should be from the beginning. And how do you intentionally do that? It's really, I get a lot of young officers. how do you think I should start this? And especially young students, they're like, I'm like, well, just that you're asking the question is very good. Mm -hmm. And the thing is you have to stick with it because when you're making a startup or you're moving so quickly, it is easier just to grab for whatever is easiest, right? It makes sense. And I, you know, I think about that in my own work, like- I'm not always successful at this, but I one of my employees, Then they don't work for me, one of the people on the staff, that, that's why we put together the diversity of the people we've had on so far. And we've mm-hmm. only been on a, like almost a year, but I like got charts. I'm like, okay, we're doing pretty good on this. I was, yeah. you know, I just, but it was visual and I see the data mm-hmm. and I go, okay. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I want to pick one of these and one of these, but I want to be aware of who I'm asking. I had a list of who we asked and who said no and who said yes. And so I got like... I'll tell you one data point, white guys always say yes. Just so you know, white guys <laughs> It's just confidence,
1: you know. I don't know. I have two sons, so
2: I get I get it. I didn't need that piece of you know. I have my two teen sons and they're always like, I did great. I'm like, No, no, you didn't. And they're like, Oh, I did though. And I'm like
0: you're gonna knock knock them down.
2: No, did, I was like You did no. your best. You know, my son the other day was like, He always told us that we didn't do good. I said, When you didn't do good. Like when you did good, I was like, Great job. I like, you know, what do you want? But um,
1: it's positive reinforcement. Like, that's accurate.
2: <laughs> that is one data point I have just... Re- I'm not going to tell the other data points, but that is one clear resounding <laughs> data point is why guys right. say yes. Anyway, so I'm just saying I think of it too. Like, I'm like, am I giving as many voices as I can? And I'm not doing it just to have voices. I'm like, I'm just not trying hard enough to think widely. You know what I mean? Like, right, uh, right. like I, I just... Just
1: thinking of more broadly or like thinking of more options... Like kind of opens it up.
2: Look harder because they're th- they're there. It's just look harder. And whenever we're doing anything, I'm like, are we looking everywhere? Like they're all on the same level. We're not trying to like get a lesser just to be fitting in and being politically correct. We're like, have we looked across the whole spectrum here? And we haven't. Like we're we doing one on space now, mm-hmm. and. We could have gone a number of ways that are easy and well known, and then I was like, "Let's look a little harder." And we found fifty different choices. And then I was like, "Okay, good. Awesome. That's the kind of thing you have to do." But when you're moving fast, doing a company, and when you're into this sort of hustle porn, like we got to do it fast, we got to do it, we got to be <laughs> yeah. up all night. Just, you just get in the site.
1: I mean, I think there's something to be said, like for the social justice movements that are going on right now, where people are like considering what those knock-on effects in society mm-hmm. are, and like. Also, even if you are like in a hustle place and you need to make a quick decision, like taking a moment to yeah acknowledge that you're in that place and that there are alternatives that you're giving up yeah, that you may have to make up later on.
2: Yeah, this do nothing is not a bad thing. So what is an
3: example of like an engineer, rank and file yeah. engineer who you think did this well, <sighs> who was able to affect change from within, who lived up to their responsibility, not just as an engineer and an employee, but, you know, as a citizen?
2: I'll tell you someone I really like. He's not an engineer, he's a designer, but he's the CEO of Airbnb. Mm. A lot of errors there around city stuff. Remember when there was like no rentals and the Mm -hmm. the impact of Airbnb on some cities he was going through. Mm -hmm. There were all kind. There was an orgy at one point, if you recall, and they didn't have correct insurance in place. You know, he wasn't anticipating all the problems that he should have, because as he said when I interviewed him, well, there's been orgies going along in hotels for centuries. But, you know, he didn't (laughs) anticipate all the problems. He didn't anticipate people having cameras in homes. He didn't. The safety issues, like he did some of them, but not all of them, and I didn't think he could have thought about it. But there is some history to people renting, so there would have been some idea of what could happen. And so, so he's very thoughtful when it happens. He owns up. He tends to, not all the time, tends to own up to it. This is a good example in the Capitol riots. He did this before in the Charlottesville situation. He just turned off Airbnb in Charlottesville. He's like nobody's staying anywhere with us Mm. because a lot of the white supremacists wanted to use Airbnbs, Right. right?
0: And it gets across the board, right? Like whether you were going to go and have a good time or you were going as a white supremacist to wreck it. He just cut it off.
2: Yeah, yeah. He just did. I think they had some signals of who was white supremacist. I think yeah. they did. <laughs> they had some sense of where it was. And then he did it in the Capitol on January 6th. This was before anything happened. Mm-hmm. He anticipated what happened. And he said, we're not going to let anybody stay anywhere. It's mm-hmm. just we're, clo- we're turning it off. And I thought that was a really interesting I don't think many people do that. And I, it was a small hit to him. It was a good thing. It didn't stop anything, but it certainly, he was aware of the use of his tools. It's not his fault people came for the rally. It's not right. his fault that people rallied. It's not people that the ralliers then attacked the Capitol. It's none of it is his fault. And you really couldn't say, well, they stayed in an Airbnb and that caused the riot at right. all. But he did like his part. And I thought, he did his part, like his part, like he just in a tiny way and it may not have changed a thing, but he did change his behavior. And I thought that was, it was a very easy lift for him to do. And it was the correct lift and it's what he had at his disposal. Right. right. And, you know, I know, Fa- you know, some of the people at, Facebook, they cut off political ads, but they did it grudgingly, and
0: yeah, it took them a while. <laughs> they had to pull their teeth to get them to do it. Right. And then Twitter, yeah, Twitter had done it. And they're like, okay, yeah. we have to. And they
2: waited till Google did it and Twitter did it. They never lead. They never lead. They right. they lead from the back of the parade, essentially. And so that really bugged me.
3: What if you're not the CEO? Like, can you have an impact, or or maybe you can't? So maybe if you're a rank and file engineer. You're absolved.
2: No, you're not absolved because I think engineers in Silicon Valley, like you're not like a Chipotle employee that is like something's wrong with the rice. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you have enormous power within your organizations. There's lots of workers that do not have power. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I just feel like they have you have a lot more power. Wherever you are on the food chain in engineering, you know, you've been to these companies. Engineers are like the little lords, lords and ladies of of the realm. Right.
1: Right. But I I guess like part of it is like recognizing that you do have power. Yeah. And it's not just over fresh kombucha. Right. Like you can think about the bigger picture.
2: A hundred percent, and I think they have those. I remember when I went to Silicon Valley, and they had the dry cleaning, the haircuts, and the this, and the you know,
0: and the sleep pods. Oh man, I heard their sleep pods,
2: the sleep pods, and I was like, what are they all toddlers like that? (laughs) But then I thought, no, this is what they're doing. They're making them comfortable. They're overpaying them, Mm -hmm. or paying them a lot, and then they don't complain, right? That's what happens.
0: Yeah. Or oh, they don't leave. So you don't need to leave for lunch because we got lunch for you. You need that haircut? Go to the barber shop. We'll clean your clothes. Just stay till nine o'clock.
2: Yeah, and the lunch is delicious. So I think you take your responsibility in society larger, and they tend to keep people like, people that are attracted to tech tend to be apolitical. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you can be apolitical in the world. You can't be. Everything affects you. (laughs) And then they get into these ridiculous debates, you know, the one going on now about use of different words, right? Mm -hmm. I just, am like, why would you use a word that hurts people just so you could use it? You want to make that point? Like, sure, that makes you an asshole. Like, I should have the right to. I'm like, why? Why do you want that right? Why do you want that right, precisely? Because it's about- this and that, or a lot of these things. I'm always like, do you really want to die on that hill? Like, <laughs> I don't think Patrick Henry was talking about this. Yeah, like, you-
0: kombucha hill. Yeah, die on the kombucha hill.
2: Yeah, kombucha hill. I just, I feel like, like, up your game a little bit on the stuff you're going to fight for, because right. this is not that. The ability of, of white people to do whatever they want is not something that you should be fighting for. I'm right. sorry. You just shouldn't. You just shouldn't. I mean, you can, but whatever. <laughs>
3: Are there some other industries that you think the tech industry could learn from that, that handles this better? The second and third order consequences of the platform that you develop or the, the tools that you make?
2: I don't. I mean, you know, some people tell me the banking industry is now a lot nicer. I don't know. I don't cover it. So I can't say mm. that they put in a lot of place, a lot of things after a lot of abuses. But then you read a story and then there it is again. Mm. I wouldn't say politics because every five minutes there's some like horrible story today and Governor Cuomo.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Dirty things to girls like.
1: We already covered the chemical companies. They're not <laughs> on the list.
2: <laughs> you know, chemical companies. I don't know. I'm trying to think what industry. Everybody has their issues. I mean, they get better. Mm-hmm. There's more women in power in Hollywood than ever before, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean there's enough or people of color. You're mm-hmm. seeing a resurgence of that. Like, that's due to like Netflix mm-hmm. deciding to be global and deciding to be diversified with their mm-hmm. content. That's been an advantage for them, right? Because they don't have to like virtue signal, look at all the global diversified content we have. It's just good for business as it's right. turned out, uh, you right. know, that they do that.
1: The algorithm is forcing them towards something.
2: Well, they are. You know, they could have easily gone the same. Listen, I love a Marvel comic universe like anybody else. But, <laughs> but you see so much variance on that platform. So, And they're really successful. So you're like, well, maybe it actually does work. Like, you don't have to do the same stupid formulas. So sometimes, some, like a Netflix, I think is really interesting from a business perspective. I think, I'm trying to think of companies, like, here's a good example. Apple really leaning into the privacy thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a good business thing for them to do every, you know, the cynical people and especially people at Facebook was like, well, they are doing it because of business. I'm like, so what?
0: Yeah. Like, sure. (laughs) It's (laughs) still good.
2: It's a good differentiator. Like we don't, we don't suck up all your information. That seems like, I don't know. I'm kind of good with that. Right. And so I think they do it absolutely for their own brand and everything else. But I'm kind of like, I think it's an interesting thing to be thinking about how it would be good for your business to be a certain way. I don't yeah. know why they want to resist. I guess everything's working just fine, and they're as rich as hell. So,
3: yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, so I have an example from the media industry that I think might be sort of analogous. Sure. I mean, like, I'll preface this: I'm not bashing the New York Times here. I'm oh, a New please York Times do.
2: Subscriber, please. I don't work for the New York Times. You know, I'm not an employee, so I don't know what to tell you. I have no sway at the New York Times.
3: All right. I think that opinion pages online with the same branding is cancer. I think readers cannot tell the difference. It undermines the otherwise very high journalistic standards when Brett Stevens embraces eugenics yeah. on the New York Times opinion brand. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the greatest self-inflicted wound in online journalism. I think it's like when cable news introduced a twenty-four hour news coverage. Yeah. It like, just it was terrible for their own industry, uh-huh. and it's just like. It's bad for journalism, it's bad for the country, and it's good for profits. And that's the only reason I can think of is that it's 25% of New York Times' profits come from
2: opinion. Oh, they do? I don't know. I don't I don't know that to be true. I don't know if you say so. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm not arguing with you.
3: To me, this seems like this is a second and third order consequence, right? Like we have an opinion page because 100 years ago, if you wanted to share an opinion, you kind of had to do it with the newspaper. But yeah. now we have a million places you can go to share mm-hmm. your opinion. Mm-hmm. So, using the New York Times brand or the Washington Post brand or all of these newspapers, you know, they say, you know, democracy dies in darkness, like we are standing up for the truth. Yeah. And then you get these opinion pages that are not factual at all. It's opinion. That's what it's supposed to be. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think
2: we could go more. I think the Tom Cotton one was the one. I wrote a big column on that. Like I said, the issue I have is not Tom Cotton is awful, is that Tom Cotton is inaccurate. And my whole premise with that one, and I think that's more what you're talking about, Brett Stevens is a staffer there. And I think at the New York Times, as far as I know, and again, I have no particular insight, is they've been trying to cast a wider net for conservatives and liberals. And I have a different opinion about that. I'm like just be liberal cuz or liberalish or centrist cuz that's what you are. I think that's a difficult thing when they're trying to do that because they're trying to be a little broader. It's hard because for the most part we all know that it's more cent I would say centrist even the New York Times or the Washington Post same thing. I don't think they're hard left. I think they're leftish, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But in the case of Tom Cotton, I think that's a really interesting thing and my issue was I would definitely talk about whether we should give someone a platform like this. That's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. My issue with Tom Cotton is that it was inaccurate because on Twitter, he's just a cretin. He says cretinous things. And then in the pages of the New York times, and I wrote this, he sort of cleaned it up. Right. So over here, he can make a mess and be evil. And over here, he looks somewhat less evil, I guess, more reasonable. And I was like, just let him say what he said over here, over here. And so, and then if you want to publish that, that's mm. your choice. But they let, in that case, he was allowed to be two different faces in two different places. And also it was full of little factual errors, which annoy me. I mean, so there's there's
3: one thing about like, who do you choose to give the platform right, to as right. the opinion
2: page, right? right? Yeah,
3: yeah. I think that's sort of a separate issue. To me, the like the bigger issue is why are you using the same brand for opinion as when what. you know, and there are studies that demonstrate mm-hmm. readers cannot tell the difference. Um,
2: Oh, I see. They see
3: an article yeah. and it's, you know, it's right there on the front page of the New York Times and it happens to be in the opinion section, but it looks like regular news. Oh. And people click so- on that and they think, "Oh, this is what the New York Times news is." And this is somebody who disagrees with me, and so I can't trust this whole newspaper. And then you undermine mainstream press, and then why is it a mm. surprise when people use that as evidence to justify why you can't trust the mainstream yeah, media?
2: Yeah, but opinion pages have been around. Columnists are not a new, fresh thing for most educated readers. I guess if you're having readers who don't who don't have media literacy. This is
3: absolutely for sure the vast majority. Okay, here, let's just do a quick poll. Okay. Raise yeah. your hand yeah. if you can explain the difference between... Op ed, opinion, and news. (laughs) I can. Well, (laughs) no. Okay. (laughs) Nobody on the Rabbit Hole podcast can explain that difference. No, but to William, like, yeah. (laughs) That's what actual standard people we don't know. Right. I mean, you go to the New York Times, you cannot tell the difference between those three sections. Vast majority of people cannot tell. Oh,
2: is that because news pages have gotten more opinionated or because opinion pages look the same? I'm not sure. It's
3: because it went online.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's I see. It oh, interesting. Online. So you when can't they physically were print, see it. When they were it. printed,
3: it's fine. It's a separate, it's a separate hmm. section. Huh.
0: Are you saying that like maybe as NewYorkTimes.com, are you saying that maybe the website should look different so that it doesn't like you know that it's affiliated with the New York uh- Times as an opinion, but it's not this. It doesn't have... It looks different.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that.
0: Because as you're mentioning, right, like someone writes an article that's opinionated that has their opinions that may be false, like you said, Kara. Right. But the fact that they're under this newspaper that is reputable, do we change it so that we can then know where we're getting our news to know better? Like, I right. mean, I'll have to Google to see what the, if I opened up the New York Times and then opinion page to see what it looks like. But I don't know the difference between the three.
2: Oh, well, that's interesting. All right. Let me, let me try something on you then. Okay. Let me just, I think at some point there's got to be media literacy among people of what mm-hmm. they're reading. Right. I think that's one of the issues, <laughs> but I see what you mean about that. But like, listen, I'm writing about social media companies. Like, All these companies began with a gauzy credo to change the world, but they have done these things in ways they did not imagine by weaponizing pretty much everything that could be weaponized. They have mutated human communication so that connecting people has too often become about pitting them against one another and turbocharged that discord to an unprecedented and damaging volume. They have weaponized social media. They have weaponized the First Amendment. They have weaponized civil discourse and they have weaponized most of all politics. I think that's pretty opinionated. You have to have media literacy to know. That's not a factual, you know, it's not, Mm. it's my opinion.
3: But if it shows up in your newsfeed and it just says the New York Times Mm. article about this. Yeah. Yeah. Most people, people in media don't see this because they live in it day to day. And so for media people, you understand the difference.
2: Because they aren't in the physical, they're opening to the last pages. You mean they're not doing this thing.
3: The vast majority of people, if you if you click on a link on Facebook and it says New York Times in mm. big letters yeah. and then in tiny letters somewhere hidden on the page it says opinion, especially if you grew up in a digital age and you never mm-hmm. were reading newspapers that had a much clearer division between hmm. those two sections, you see that and you think, Oh, this is what the New York Times thinks. This is what they think is news. This is what they want me to read. This is why I can't trust them. Well, then it's an issue. I think the New York Times, Washington Post, all these big newspapers, if they wanted to personally help in the fight against fake news, Mm-hmm. They would spin off and rebrand their opinion pages.
2: Oh, interesting. That's an interesting question. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Of if in a digital environment you can't have that in a regular news organization, I do think it's a question of media literacy. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I just I, I think it's just a new way of reading. Why do we need it at all? Why does the New York Times
3: and
1: have to have an opinion page? How is that helpful? I think it's great because like you get like perspectives.
2: There's also been more opinion in news. I think right. Yeah. I think there's been more. I am myself to blame because one of the things we did at Recode was not just, what we did is, I would say, was reported opinions sometimes. Like Peter Kafka was really good at this. He would he would find a scoop and find out what they were doing. And then he'd say, hey, everyone, this is why they're doing it. Let me just give you the skinny. And it was his analysis of it, I would say, that we did that a lot. And so I think news has become more analysis-based, hopefully most of the time based on reported Work, the actual Mm -hmm. gumshoe reporting or whatever. Like, I think some things are just pure news, like this happened yesterday. But, like, I'm just trying to think the Trump tax return story, they never said this is bad because it was just bad. You know, it was just obviously bad from the reporting. But it's an interesting question. I I hadn't really thought of it that way because you, you can't open a page and know it says opinion. Nobody physically opens the page. So, what do you do? When you do this. I'm not sure this is the most pressing issue around content. I think what it is actually is people putting out false content and then using things. It's a real issue on Facebook. They use like New York Times font and they uh do stories that aren't from them. That's really where you get into confusion is they is they dress up a lot of fake content that they just generate. As real, kind of. And so the noise people are getting, they don't quite know how to read or what's real anymore, is definitely a problem. I'm not sure it's because the New York Times has an opinion section, a news section.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's tough because, like, you want to have, like, context and, mm-hmm. like, direction in order as a shortcut to like actually doing all of the, the right. work of like consuming all of it
2: there's a new thing that a lot of academics are talking about it's called sift stop i forget what it was SIFT. i have to look it up but it's a way to read like how do we teach people to read it's called sift um I'll look it up hold on
0: stop investigate Find and trace
2: trace. Right. Yeah.
0: I feel like a detective right now,
2: <laughs> which everybody wants to do every day. Like, but one of the things they were talking about within that is called lateral reading, which is getting people to read a lot of things like mm-hmm. as many people know, because I've written about it because I had to deal with my mom and coronavirus in Fox News, which was we were actively pulling her out of like crazy land in terms mm-hmm. of the flu and stuff like that. And people have more, more serious things than my mom. My mom's just irritating. But mm-hmm. one of the things that we did was we gave her more reading. So she wouldn't feel, we did, saying she's just stupid didn't work. And <laughs> saying like this, my brother is a doctor saying you will be dying of this virus didn't right. work. And it's not a flu. It's not like the flu. And by the way, get a flu shot also, because you could die of that easily. Mm-hmm. And what we did is we started to get her, lateral reading and not like stuff that she immediately said liberal we were like read this and read this and one of the things that happened a lot last year which was interesting was oh i i didn't know that mm-hmm. like oh i wasn't aware of that oh right. really and it was really interesting to watch the shift and so i get your i get your point about you physically can't tell the difference between things mm-hmm. But at some point, we have to trust people to be intelligent.
3: Okay. So if you agree with that. Yeah.
2: I'm interested in it.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk about what is your responsibility as a writer Mm -hmm. for the New York Times opinion, right? That's sort of analogous to my responsibility as an engineer working for a tech company, right? Right. Right.
2: Well, after the Tom Cotton thing, I wrote quite a thing saying this is Mm. not... I write, I talk about it. But
3: that's about who you give a platform to, right? Right. That's not about making it... I mean, according to the American press...
2: I don't necessarily agree with you on this one. Yeah.
3: Institute, 57% of Americans reported that they could not tell the difference between opinion and news on social media.
2: Okay. You want to spun off. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. that. I didn't...
3: (laughs) I would imagine that there are a lot of people who are saying... They can tell the difference who can.
2: I get that. But again, it's focusing on something that's actually, you're talking about high quality content versus shitty. Con- I'm more mm. interested in the shitty content that comes out that is false, that mm. is generated by malevolent players than I am about whether people can figure out that Brett Stevens is different than, I don't know, Peter Baker, right? Like, I don't think it's the national crisis. Yeah,
1: I do like the idea of like the diverse media diet too, like, and kind of like figuring it out.
2: Well yeah, but I do it's interesting if you should spin it off. That would be What would you call it though?
3: Right? What do you That's the problem is that I think it w- like the New York like the having the newspaper brand is a major major competitive advantage.
2: Right. Would you say spin off the comics?
3: If you rebrand it, which would be good for journalism and for
2: like – Well, what would would, uh, is – that the – I'm just saying is this the most pressing issue we face today that someone can't tell the difference between Brett right. Stevens and Peter Baker? I'm not sure that's the case.
1: Yeah. Is
3: it the – I think it's probably the easiest thing that the media industry could fix because it's one thing where they, the media industry doesn't
1: need anybody's permission to fix it.
2: I'll tell you where I think it's better. You can move on but
1: – I want to call it the new Sway Times. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs>
2: All right. I think where it's better is when you get into broadcast. I think that's yeah. where you're really seeing the differentiation mm. you have. Like, let me just take Fox News. Their reporters during the day are pretty good. Like they have a right word slant, but eh, they're pretty good reporters. They right. do good news job. And then you get into the night and they're insane. Like, And nobody (laughs) differentiates between Tucker Carlson and the very good news reporters (laughs) of Fox News. And you're right. People don't. I was kind of shocked,
1: like, watching OAN broadcast news and then watching, like, a special. There was, like, some hint of sanity. And I was like, oh, wow. okay, All right. And then. I saw like a special. I was like, holy crap. And it yeah. went downhill from there. <laughs>
2: well, no, it's interesting because the cable news, it's very easy to see. Something happens at six o'clock that everyone loses their mind.
1: <laughs> right. The sun goes down.
2: Like, it's really interesting. And I, you know what? That's the same at CNN, too. I can't, except for Brian Williams, who I think does a very good job. Although lately, he's just been like, I've fucking had it. and I'm just, <laughs> just, I don't know if you watch him, but and he's funny. He's funny. I
1: feel that way. I feel that way, too.
2: He's not but he's not he hasn't gone over the side but I think
1: <laughs> I do want to do a time check.
2: I think on on broadcast it's more problematic I would say.
1: Kara, 5,
0: 10 years down the line. Yeah. Do you think that we're moving away from bad like practices in tech or engineering and our companies being more conscious? towards data and how we're using it and the features that are coming out that could potentially be harmful to people, to countries, to places around the world. Are we moving in a better direction now than we have in the past five, 10 years? Have you noticed?
2: I think unique to tech that employees have more influence than in other industries. That said, I don't blame the employees in most cases, right? Mm -hmm. I don't. I think it's the leadership that's been the issue in terms of the decision-making and especially because we have these charismatic founders. And so Mm -hmm. you're going to like, Elon Musk is going to do what Elon Musk wants to do. And that's, that's it. That's the way it's going to go.
1: You just posted memes.
2: You see a difference. Look at Microsoft. People have been there a long time, but it's a very different Microsoft than it was under Gates. And he's even changed rather dramatically. Mm-hmm. And so I think over time, that slowing down of their sort of aggressive rapaciousness did create an opening for other companies. And so my hope is not so much to have regulatory regimes over these things, although you're going to see that in some cases, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to see different things, probably in the form of a data laws and privacy laws and some more guardrails around these things, fines, maybe some antitrust where it's not that much. I don't think Mm -hmm. you're going to see some shaming. You're going to see some activity in Australia and Canada. And, you know, you're going to see a lot more government getting in there. And that's inevitable from any major industry. And it's it's a long time coming for the tech industry. But I do think, I always rely on innovation to solve the problem, like that there will be companies that will replace them with a different kind of ethos. And I do think, as I said, younger founders I talked to seem to have an awareness of this. They mm-hmm. don't want to do that. I think also that you have to really focus in on, on the people who are running these companies ultimately mm-hmm. and get them to move. And the problem is, like, I think of one thing is, so, whatever you think of what happened with Donald Trump on Twitter, I think most people feel taking him off was long past due. I, right. and it's very few people who are reasonable will be like, he kind of, even my mom's like, get him off. Like, <laughs> he caused that riot, right? <laughs> so, when they did that, that was a good decision, right? By the leaders of those companies. The problem I had is that two people made that decision and that was it. So how do we get to a situation where there's more companies, there's more choices, there's more places for voices and more points of view and companies that have more points of view that will allow that. And so when you have a coalescing of power in single areas, you tend, whether it's media, whether it's anywhere else or what's in engineering or tech companies, you tend to have problems because there's not enough diversity of choices. And so in that little moment, when Microsoft was slowed down. And by the way, they were never broken up, right? They never were broken up. People always are like, oh, antitrust. I'm like, they weren't broken up. Yeah. <laughs> but in that slowing down, like I think Casey Newton wrote to say, through the windows of this open space, a lot of companies ran into it. And then there was different companies like Google mm-hmm. and many others. So I, I think slowing down these tech companies, not letting them buy up everything, letting mm. like letting some of these engineers who have great ideas create new companies. You see it in TV. Once the networks went away, we're seeing a flowering of television programming, right? You really are. You're like, wow, look at all this yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah. There's like more diffusion of the power. Like it's it's kind of more diverse.
2: Why is that? Because we don't have three networks where three, like 16 guys on the Upper West Side of New York decide everything, right? You have or right. people down in Los Angeles.
1: I guess like similar with like VCs and what happened with like WeWork where there was so much power behind one person and then it just went crazy
2: well that was just some weirdness i don't even i don't understand that wasn't a well, tech company <laughs> come on guys.
1: different story it's <laughs> different podcast yeah. Was that
2: a tech company? Be honest. <laughs> that was not... What was it? It was a it's reservation. It's a real
0: estate wrapped in tech. That was the idea. They have really good couches. Oh, the le- all the fruit water. Oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all.
2: I'm in media wrapped in tech. Everything's yeah. wrapped in tech. Look, I my lights are on and I have electricity. I, I just don't <laughs> it's wrapped in tech. Wrapped no, in tech. no, but I do think I do think that there will be regulation combined with a wholesale growing up of the industry Mm -hmm. with more diversity in the industry. And I don't mean diversity just of like race or gender. I mean like diversity, diversity of geography, diversity of purpose. And a lot of the technology that's coming is much more serious. if you think about it, it's not like just dating apps and social networks. It's AI, it's transportation, Mm -hmm. it's healthcare, it's climate change. These are really big issues. And I think that it's a lot easier to think about one of the things i'm thinking about because i'm going to do another code i think in october or something whenever we can i want to think what's forward i'm tired of yelling at mark zuckerberg like i've yelled yeah. enough he gets my <laughs> message but i want to think about what's happening in space flight what's happening in climate change tech what's happening in autonomous you can really start to see the good things of tech again how can we bring that back to that mm. and that's my hopefulness towards the industry and then engineers are the fuel of that like really great engineers are being thoughtful about the things they want to make and when we were doing changing the way we did media at Recode a lot of my reporters when they came from other places they were chasing a news story like something and because of the speed of media like if we broke a story we we had that scoop for 5 seconds as mm-hmm. opposed to like a day before like and so they were always chasing scoops and i said you know what we're making we're making hot dogs here and we make a delicious hot dog, but it's still a fucking hot dog. dog. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, it's not, it's a better hot dog. And I love a hot dog and it's like a Chicago hot dog. I don't know, but it's still a fucking hot dog. So let's not make a hot dog. Let's make something else. And so that's what I'm hoping for. Like make something better, like more interesting, more. Right not clubhouse like whatever like make something great
1: I love that so like diversity of Mm -hmm. domains and ideas and people and geography
2: you can make something that will actually you know you're gonna have children Do you want them to like die of no oxygen like figure it out like or, or like I don't know just like I would think if they need more hot dogs well don't make a fucking hot dog that's my advice to everybody don't make a fucking hot dog don't
0: fuck a fucking hot dog. You heard it here first.
2: But you know what? Hot dogs are delicious.
0: It's a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> but
2: you know hot dogs. Every time you eat one, you're like, mm, I shouldn't <laughs> do this. I
0: shouldn't have <laughs> ate that. It's always, I, I had one and I shouldn't have ate it. You
2: know, I have to say getting old, you do that a lot. I was talking to a bunch of students in the University of Chicago today. <laughs> And we were just talking and they go, what's your advice for, you know, how we do that in the future? I go, this is going to sound weird, but you need to floss. Like you need to <laughs> floss. And they're like, what? And they, I was like, you know what? When you get old, your gums go. And you, if you floss, your gums aren't going to go. And if I tell you two things, sunscreen and floss. And they were like, what? And I'm like, forget it. You know what I mean? Like,
1: <laughs> You'll get it one day. I'm
0: going to start a floss startup. Got you guys.
2: Don't eat that hot dog. Like, don't make that hot dog. We don't need any more fucking hot dogs. And I love hot dogs.
1: (laughs) No hot dogs. Floss. Uh, Be good. Don't be sloppy. Yeah, don't be sloppy. Don't be sloppy.
2: Yeah, don't be sloppy. Don't be frigging sloppy. Anticipate consequences. You don't just do this, oops, I did it again bullshit yeah. when you're 30 <laughs> years old. That's enough. Yeah.
0: I, hire a BlackBerry writer and put him <laughs> on your team, him or her on your team, and then they'll know, like, no, don't do that. I will put that out on Netflix, and you don't build that feature. Yeah, And well, I do
2: <laughs> take your thing to heart. I hadn't thought about it that way, the physical looking at it. It's really yeah. interesting that people can't. I wonder why they can't tell the difference, because if you read it, you actually can. Right. So. I mean,
0: it's real easy to hit that retweet and hit that share on Facebook and it just has the facade of what it looks like. I see your point. get
1: fired up and then just shoot and send it.
3: It's one of the reasons why people who are sort of center right Mm -hmm. often end up distrusting mainstream media and end up getting pushed further right. Yeah, is because they see stuff on social media and they don't, they can't tell the difference between what's opinion and what the newspaper is putting forward is actual fact. Right.
2: Yeah, that is yeah. also though you have to acknowledge an indictment of our education system, like that we <laughs> don't know how to critically think anymore. We just oh. know how to react like a bunch of hamsters that keep hitting the thing. And so, how do we get critic? How do we make our kids think critically about things? I did that a lot with my kids. I made them read a lot of stuff. And Mm -hmm. so they would agree or not disagree. And I think that's because I happen to be an irritating parent, but there is a real (laughs) lack of critical thinking by and engineers, too. By the way, they're like, oh, I'm just an engineer. I'm like, you can't read history. Like, you can't. (laughs) Like, I think the way that we teach engine, like the way we do that is like there's no ethical courses or there's one that you have to go to and y'all hate it. Mark. Cuban had talked about this with me. This uh, liberal arts education, there's a good reason for it. And take away the liberal because it goes, it makes everybody crazy. But the idea is that you educate yourself more broadly. And I think engineers tend to pretend that they don't have to understand poetry and English. And by the way, the English majors should be understanding math and business and okay. technology just the same way. And I think that's probably my solution.
3: So, my perspective on this is an, a very engineering focused perspective. Mm-hmm. And I will tie this back in, but I okay. want to talk about very quickly
1: yeah we're a bit over doors
3: okay doors (laughs) so very quickly doors have affordances right and a lot of people will not pay attention to what affordance they're using when they install a door Mm -hmm. and so everybody who goes to open the door pushes instead of pulls and then they put a label on it that's like push or pull or whatever you're supposed to do instead of fixing the affordance this is bad design this is like, if you put a plate on a door, yeah. then people will push on the door. If you oh. put a, a handle on the door, people will pull on the door.
2: Well, okay. That makes sense. People will just
3: intuit how to use the door properly. Sure. yeah. If you go around town, you can see which doors are designed well and which ones are door- are designed badly based on how often people have to switch.
2: Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. This is a far side comic. You know that, right?
3: Whether they instinctively pull or whether they instinctively push. Right? This is good design. Right, right. So to me it's like if you see a problem, everybody's misunderstanding whether news is opinion or fact, that's a design problem. You're using the wrong affordance. We can say put a label on it and make everybody, you know, go through a better education, but the reality is that like people are always gonna be guided by design. A little bit dumb when they're not paying attention. And if you just design it with good affordances, then they don't have to be smart when they use it. They can be paying <laughs> attention about other things, and it'll just be fine.
2: You know what would be funny? Is if when you started reading, it goes, hey, asshole, it's an opinion.
0: It's just." Like... <laughs> up that way.
2: I would say just use a brand that yes.
3: communicates opinion, not fact. Not a hot dog. Not a hot dog.
0: Yeah, use that. I would say that as an engineer, the hardest thing to do is to name things, and I'm sure that's probably why they haven't done it. It's <laughs> really difficult to do the rebrand.
2: No, I think it's because they've been doing it this way. Like, it's like, say, take out the comics. They're like, no, like, why not? Like (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's just they.
1: Not my archies. You're
2: not going to see. Let me just tell you, newspapers changing. I'll tell you one last story. When I was trying to do a blog for the Wall Street Journal, me and Walt Mossberg, they were like, what's a blog? Like, doesn't it make mistakes? They did all the stupid stuff. And I'm like, you made 50 errors last week. So don't even begin to talk to me about <laughs> mistakes. But um, but one of the things.
1: <laughs> you know what you did.
2: <laughs> we were in a room and I'm writing my memoirs. So I'm remembering these stories. But they were trying to get people to do a Saturday journal. They had one of these focus groups, like getting young people to read the newspaper. Do you remember that? They did a lot of those. Let me trust me. They were just so stupid. And I was like, "Just <laughs> they do it doesn't matter if they read the newspaper. Like they can read it any way they want. And Everyone's going to read on their phones. Eventually, you know, this was very early in the smartphone days. It's mm-hmm. like these are readers. This is like a Star Trek communicator. It's going to do a lot of things. And I was like, why are you forcing people to read a physical paper newspaper if they don't want to? You're going to have to think beyond that. If they want to eat salami and read it in their gut somehow, they should. We should put it on salami and let them eat it. Like I don't <laughs> yeah. care. So I was in this focus group meeting with a bunch of people from the journal. And I was always saying this, I'm like, it doesn't matter the format, but start to pick the format you want to do it and then do the best you can in that format. But don't do more print. Please don't do more print. Because I can Mm -hmm. see people are not going to be buying that. Like, you can just see it. And I was like, these tablets are coming out, these things you can see where it's going. So Mm -hmm. they were like, Kara, stop being difficult. And what is your suggestion for getting more young people (laughs) to read the physical print newspaper? And I said, well, why don't you tape a joint between every page? Cause that'll get them there. (laughs) And they were like, get out of this meeting. And I was like, what? That is smart. Like that will work. That will work.
0: (laughs) That'll get them to read.
2: Not for long.
0: It's viral. Not
2: for long, but that'll work. And so I do think it's very, if the op-ed has been so much a part of media that to pull a newspaper apart is a really interesting concept. But I, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. I don't, you sort of see it happening with Substack and some other things. You do see it happening. Like Mm -hmm. the pulling apart of media So maybe you will see that. Maybe you will see.
1: And there's like, yeah, there's the blogs, there's a podcast.
2: But I mean, we're talking a lot
3: about breaking up the tech companies, maybe breaking up the different parts of like the different parts of media companies would be, this is an issue for both of our industries, right? Because... People have a bad information diet in this country. exactly, And it's partially because of media and it's partially because of tech. Everybody is getting all of their information from tech platforms, Mm -hmm. right? So we kind of have to work together to solve this. I think that making it clearer what's a vegetable and what's a hamburger would improve people's information diet by making it easier to make healthy choices.
2: Yes, I would agree with you. We agree.
1: (laughs) Although when you bite into it, like...
2: But the issue I have breaking up of tech is that one company should not dominate 99% of the market. That's yeah. a, there's no media company that does that except maybe in Australia. Well, no, not even in Australia, Rupert Murdoch doesn't have full control mm-hmm. over that market. And, <laughs> uh, and getting back to that, I still would pick Mark Zuckerberg over Rupert Murdoch any day and twice something. <laughs> so I got to go. <laughs> Sorry. Come on. Come on. Full circle.
1: Yeah. Wrapping up. Do you have any plugs?
2: Oh, I just listen to Sway. It's a really good podcast. When is this going? When is this going on? This thing? It's going up when?
3: Tuesday, I think. They drop on Tuesday. Oh, all right, yeah. well, Tuesday.
2: I, I have Sasha Baron Cohen on. It's hysterical. Speaking of Facebook, you know, he's attacked them rather vehemently. He's coming up, and I've got a whole bunch of people, really great people. So watch, listen to Sway, which is on the New York Times opinion page. It's very clear I'm opinionated. (laughs) (laughs) It's
3: a great podcast, I'm a subscriber, I will be listening to that, episode.
2: (laughs) Thank you, by the way.
1: It's not a hot dog.
2: If you listen to it, I'm opinionated. And then the pivot, I'm really opinionated, like double opinionated with Scott Galloway, and that's at New York Media. And we just, we just yammer on, that's what we do. And it is so opinionated. If you don't know it, you're an idiot and should stop listening to it, that's my feeling. (laughs) So, I don't know what to say.
1: You just don't, you lose your internet card. The
2: minute he says Venus, yeah, you, you have to understand what's <laughs> happening here. So, you know, that's all I have to say about that. We don't do news reporting there. So that's it. That's, uh, that's what I would focus in on. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I love engineers. I don't blame you. It was a pleasure.
0: That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll email and tweet when it goes out and let you know. It should all be right. out by this Tuesday. When is your episode with Sasha Baron Cohen happening? Tomorrow.
2: It's spicy
0: tomorrow. Okay, so then by the time we release it, that episode will be out. Many others.
1: Got it.
2: Facebook is not going to like. It. No like. It's not. Oh, gonna... I,
1: they'll <laughs> have nah. to deal. He's really
2: terrific. He's such a smart thinker.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Mark.
2: And it's a real smart conversation.
1: I'll send you a link also for Great. the drive. All
2: right, send this to me because I. W- what I'll do is there a Dropbox, please? for the love of Pete,
1: we have a google drive uh, google drive
2: is that okay oh i'll google it. I, oh i can in, in an email yeah that'll work yeah that'll work okay great okay i'll do yep. it in that all right Sounds terrific it's gonna come to you very soon just send it to me can you put it in, oh no what is the email actually is it here in chat your,
1: which email should i get it to the ny times
2: one ny.com do it right now because then i'll send it right now okay all right okay. terrific
1: perfect yeah i'll put the link right here you just click request and i will give you the access oh
2: okay let's see let's see where that goes. Oh, it's making me go and be a Vox Media. I'll just email you. Just send me an email okay, and I'll do it. You okay, it. yep. I have several Google emails. So. On anyway. the
1: NY Times one.
2: Yeah. Cara. Okay. swisher at NY Times. Okay. All right. Thanks, cool. everybody. Right. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye.
3: Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's just been a pleasure, really. Thanks so much.
2: No problem. I love your sister. She's great. She's amazing. <laughs> one of you <laughs> has a sister, right? <laughs> William, you do, you, right?
3: She's a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, she, you look like her. It's really, it's, it's like with a beard, though. <laughs> anyway, I mean, she looks better than you, I'll be honest.
3: Okay, all right.
2: Thanks. <laughs> all, right, all right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Follow
0: us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast.